You're listening to a special edition of On the Record, online with Eric Schwartzman, the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, October 16th through 19th, 2010, in D.C., featuring conference keynote speakers, panelists, and newsmakers. To join PRSA or register for the conference, visit prsa.org. We're here at the PRSA International Conference with Mr. Paul Anderson, and uh, I am the guest host for On the Record Online, Greg Reeder. Paul comes to us as the Vice President for Communication Strategies and Public Outreach at AARP. He has three decades in journalism and public service. He's worked for the Miami Herald, at Knight Ritter Newspapers, and at the Washington Bureau, the Deputy Chief of Staff for Communications at Senator Bob Graham, and the Managing Director of Public Affairs at the USGAL. And we're happy to have Paul here today to talk to us about social media and some of the up-and-coming items at the ARP and in the PRSA world. Thanks, Greg. Glad to be here. Well, one of the things that you're going to be discussing while you're here today is, uh, or at least during the conference, is uh, you're directing a session on shaping the debate about public affairs strategy and the health care reform bill. Right. Uh, we can assume on any given day there are many other serious concerns for your member and potential members. So how do you leverage the social media and other resources to strike up calls for action? And what are the criteria you use to determine those calls for action? We have to work very closely with our advocacy team, with our policy experts, and with our uh, all-volunteer leadership. Our board determines the priorities for AARP, and we react to those priorities and figure out the right strategies to use. There's actually sort of a misconception that many of member our members and folks in our demographic aren't as active online as others. In fact, our demographic is the fastest-growing uh, on Facebook and uh, lots of other social media. So we are very aggressively moving into those areas and have uh, a whole team that's using all sorts of new social media tactics to try and reach our members and get them involved in our issue advocacy. The, The most important thing, of course, is identifying the people who are favorably disposed toward our positions on the issues. And so we do a lot of research to get that constituency, if you will, uh, online with us and following our various campaigns. And then we can target them to get them to take action on our behalf. The recent health reform campaign that uh, we've gone through uh, is a perfect example of the kinds of, of... targeting we had to do and the way we tried to generate interest and activism by our members. Now, do you leverage social media to do that type of uh, either geo-targeting, demographic targeting? Is that one of the avenues or is that probably the lead avenue of how you do that outreach and market identification? It's the lead avenue. We have to make sure we're identifying people around the right issues and then getting them engaged and turning them on to take the right form of action. Um, We use a lot of vendors to help us identify the right mechanisms uh, and the the right metrics we can use to track our engagement. Um, But it's, it's all about initially targeting the members who agree with our institutional position on an issue and making sure we're getting them activated the right ways uh, because 
you don't want people calling a congressman's office and saying, I'm calling on behalf of ARP, and then giving them the wrong position. Well, and speaking of all those issues, you know, as an organization, it uh, looks like ARP provides something for every aspect of life, for your members, online at least. Um, multiple vehicles for delivery of your assistance, advice and involvement through print, online, broadcast, interactive media. The scope and size of what at least I've witnessed by, by doing some research on AARP is immense. So based on this level of detail and complexity, many organizations find a way to manage that by just creating stovepipes to handle each one of those channels. And sometimes that's not so good when, it tries, when you try to combine and manage that social media presence. So how does AARP try and help manage all those multiple aspects, channels, communities, and online initiatives? That's a great question, and it's a big challenge that a lot of organizations like ours are facing every day. We do a lot of it through matrix management. We make sure that all of our content can be repurposed regardless of the channel, regardless of the form that it's going to take. And uh, we, we work very hard through our matrix teams to set out goals for our teams and and strategies for all our teams to make sure that our publications folks aren't just thinking print and that our digital strategy team isn't just thinking online, that everything can go across platform. Um, There are times it gets to be very tough, let's be honest, that, that there are real challenges and sometimes there are people who only want ownership over a piece of it. But you've got to break down those walls, and that's part of what I do. That's part of my role as a manager is to make sure that people are working across platforms. And uh, we're trying to bring value to our members. We call it living your best life. We're trying to make sure that however members want our information, however members want to engage with us, we're there. We just recently uh, had our big member event, similar to a convention in Orlando, just two weeks ago, and we announced there are new iPhone apps that are um, pretty terrific. I'd encourage you to, to download them and, and, and look at them. They're free. And uh, uh, they work with our publications. They work with a lot of our benefits and services. And it's a a great opportunity to make sure that members have us with them literally in their palm, uh, including a scannable membership card that pops up so that if you go into a store that's part of our system, you can scan your card and get a discount right on site. Well, you you talk about living your best life. I know that uh, you provide support and guidance for your members online. You offer knowledge, content, information. You cover topics from... The cost of living increase to sex after 50, um, recipe contests, medications, food labels, vacation planning, lots of varied guidance and interest. How do you determine what topics to highlight and how to promote those messages? Is it the community that drives those types of conversations or are there specific outreach elements that you want to provide as part of ARP? We have to do both. We have to be balanced. We have to respond to our members' wants and needs and at the same time, when, especially in the advocacy realm, when we're pushing for a specific piece of legislation or a policy change, we need to make sure that they engage around that. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fine balancing act that our editors are particularly good at in making sure that we're giving members you know, general interest news and information, but at the same time we're informing them about what our policy priorities are and giving them those opportunities to engage. 
Cole here with On the Record Online talking with Paul Anderson, the Vice President for Communication Strategies at ARP. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about blogging and maybe some lessons learned in social media. This January 2011, Paul Gillen and Eric Schwartzman bring you the first book devoted exclusively to B2B social media communications. Packed with business-to-business case studies and applied knowledge, Social Marketing to the Business Customer is the most comprehensive collection of B2B social media marketing guidance ever assembled. B2B markets are driven by value and relationships. That's very different from B2C markets. This book's a hands-on guide. It walks business people step-by-step through the process of using social media to find and engage business customers to ultimately drive more revenue. Social Marketing to the Business Customer is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, and Borders. Or buy it at our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Also available for iPad and Kindle. And we're back at On the Record Online talking with Paul Anderson from AARP. And one of the topics uh, it seems to be a lot more mainstream nowadays, or three topics actually, blogging, outreach, and engagement. You know, they, they induce fear in some people. They induce hope in some other people. But it looks like ARP stays connected and brings serious discourse on new and sometimes controversial topics through your online outlets. So based on your observation of those outlets uh, for ideas, do you think that those can be applied uh, to promote change, or are they just out there to provide conversation topics? Oh, they can absolutely promote change. They, they get a dialogue started. We very much value the two-way conversation we have through our members, uh, with our members, through our social networking sites, through our blogs, through the comments that are posted on articles, and having come through a tough debate like health reform in the past year, trust me, we've gotten some really interesting comments posted. Um, but what we've found, and I think it's a, a trend that many folks in the industry have seen, is you, you at some point have to trust your members, and you have to trust your staff, and you have to trust the people you have blogging for you, um, because the tendency in the past has been to try and control the message at every turn and not let um, your own staff even sort of have the flexibility and the freedom to comment. But I think what we're finding is there's a much more genuine appreciation for a real conversation and a, and a two-way talk, if you will, so that uh, you've got to let go a little bit and you, you control the message as much as you can, you set out your policy priorities, and then you've got to be prepared to debate them in a very robust way. Uh, we, we are learning how quickly we need to respond to certain things and how we need to do a better job of monitoring and preparing our staff to respond. Uh, But we're an organization with offices in all 50 states and three territories, and we have staff that are empowered to post comments, blog, um, run their own social networks out in each of those offices. We try and keep a similar look and feel. We give message points, but we find that, that our members appreciate a true, genuine back and forth. And do you think that blogging or outreach online has created more involvement by people for things like advocacy and volunteering and, and, uh, and follow-up to calls for action? Do you think it's the same as it used to be? We just now have a new flavor 
uh, to choose from, or do you think it's a real powerful tool that's, that we've never experienced before? Is it somewhere in between? I think in the advocacy realm, it's become a really, really powerful tool that we're trying to use to the best effect. I'll give you one example. During the health reform campaign, we collected about 15,000 real people's stories. We're talking about AARP members who fell into what's known as the donut hole, the gap in the prescription drug benefit under Medicare. We collected stories about people who couldn't get insurance coverage on the open market because they had some sort of pre-existing condition. We collected stories about uh, from people who uh, were paying in some states seven or eight times what their child was paying to get the same quality of insurance coverage. And I didn't pick those examples by accident. Those were our three biggest priorities in health reform. We wanted to close the donut hole. We wanted to eliminate or at least reduce what's known as age rating, the differential. And we wanted to make insurance available to people who are 50 plus, between 50 and 65 before they become eligible for Medicare. And so give them a better chance on the open market by eliminating things like pre-existing condition restrictions. By collecting those real people's stories, it had tremendous power for our lobbyists to go to Capitol Hill with an example from a member's district and say, let me tell you the story of Sally Jones, who's one of our members in your district, Congressman, who's having trouble getting this kind of insurance. And it, 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 it's tremendously powerful to engage people that way. We could have done it previously at a much greater expense and a much greater effort. Having those kinds of online tools and the ability to bring people in and and share that kind of information has proven to be tremendously powerful for us. And those are great examples of the the successes. Um, Navigating this landscape and how to make it work better seems like you're on the right track. But can you offer some of the listeners maybe some lessons learned on how to do it better or how to effectively establish social media policy or outreach uh, for lessons learned that they can take back and apply to either their organization, large or small? Well, the key lessons learned, going back to that one example, the key lessons learned are you still need to vet those kinds of stories. You still need to make sure that people are telling you the truth, that they're not making something up. And so you have to put... You can't just collect the story. You have to put the effort into making sure that it's valid, that it's on point, and that they're real people. Um, the other lessons learned, I think uh, I made a brief reference to it earlier, you've got to be able to monitor the kind of conversations that are taking place, the comments that are posted on your website, the comments that are posted about you in other places, um, and respond to those, and respond quickly, respond respectfully, uh, keep a tone and tenor that's professional but you've got to be be ready to respond and have staff doing it you can't just pretend it's not out there and stay on your message points and hold a press conference when it's convenient for your ceo the third point i would make is you've got to remember who your audience is and try not to get distracted by a lot of the noise that's out there it's easy to think um, and we frankly have these conversations internally all the time one comment is not, not necessarily reflective of a trend. Um, so keep things in perspective. If there's one angry member who's upset about something, you can respond to their concern. But if they're making a comment about your political position, 
or a comment uh, about an advocacy position that someone else is taking against you, don't overreact to it. Don't think that that, that one person's viewpoint uh, needs to be stomped on just because they're out there saying something about you. You've got to be realistic about it. Uh, we're an organization of nearly 40 million members, so we've got to keep that scale in mind when we see people commenting on us and on our priorities and on our benefits and services. Well, thank you very much. We've been speaking with Paul Anderson, the Vice President for Communication Strategies and Public Outreach at AARP. Thank you very much for your time here on On the Record Online. Thanks, Greg. Really enjoyed it. You've been listening to a special edition of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, October 16th through 19th, 2010, in D.C. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, post a comment to the show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at On The Record, or send an email to eric at ericschwartzman.com. This podcast has been a special production of On the Record Online and the Public Relations Society of America. Unlike normal productions of On the Record Online, this episode recording cannot be duplicated without explicit permission from PRSA.